I'm Dan Raviv at CBS News in Washington. Let's take a look at the Twitter wars that Donald Trump seems to engage in, sometimes against individuals, sometimes against institutions. We turn to Jeffrey Sonnenfeld, an expert on chief executives at the Yale School of Management, where you are senior associate dean for leadership studies. Uh, you said the other day on CNBC that no one should mess with the Donald. But isn't it normal for presidents to be criticized? They don't usually get in sparring matches with uh, individual uh, uh, corporate leaders. You know, that old Jim Croce song about not, you know, tugging on Superman's cape and spitting in the wind and all that and don't mess around with Jim is when you uh, you get into a, a food fight with um, uh, President-elect Trump, it's not going to work out well for the uh, for the person tossing the food his way. He, he responds pretty tough, not just in, in measured response, but it, it tends to uh, to come back uh, even harsher. And who needs that? Focus on the issues, not the people. And rather than aggravate him, get to the core issues. Uh, CEOs that right now are bewildered, they're frightened, and some are very excited uh, on some of the uh, regulatory releases and tax reform and uh, trade issues that have come up. Many are excited, but they still don't know how to deal with him because they don't want to get into sparring matches. And he goes after individual companies and individual CEOs by name. Well, just the other day, for instance, he singled out Boeing Aircraft. He said the program that he said would cost $4 billion, that's, you know, that's not anything official, to develop a new Air Force One is out of control. I think it's ridiculous. I think Boeing is doing a little bit of a number. We want Boeing to make a lot of money, but not that much money. Now, uh, do you think Mr. Trump on that was just trying to make headlines? Uh, no, I mean, there really are some issues. I think Boeing is an extremely well-managed company, uh, but there are issues of cost overruns, and defense contracting has been out there uh, as a major concern that he's raising the question is a good, is a good thing. It's $4 billion sounds a tad high for an airplane, but actually it's, I think it's two aircraft as part of the system, and it's got to be able to de- deal with all kinds of uh, catastrophic situations that, that this is a fully equipped Oval Office. But still, that's pretty high. And his opening position was, well, then, Heck, maybe we don't, we don't need the plane then. Just cancel it. And then he seems to have come off of that a little bit right now, just say how they can work on pricing. But he's identified Boeing. He's identified Ford Motor Company uh, and uh, Carrier United Technologies companies. Uh, they're all extremely well-led companies. Uh, the CEOs have wisely not fired back with insults, but instead have gone with preparation to answer the issues. You, when you deal with uh, with uh, President-elect Trump, you don't want to go in there groveling. You have to be anchored in strength, make sure that you you sure that you have a unified position in management and you have some grassroots support with your workforce and you have the facts. And they've come back at him with facts and they've been able to work things out. Yet, Professor Sonnenfeld, when it comes to how industry and large corporations will deal with the Trump administration, they won't usually be speaking with the president. He, he does have pro-business people lined up for his cabinet. There'll be times where he'll be dealing directly. Yes, he has pro-business and very business-savvy people. Certainly the Commerce Secretary and the, uh, has a strong business background. That nominee, Wilbur Ross, or Steve Mnuchin, a former Goldman Sachs partner, to be Treasury Secretary. These are not, uh, Mr. Trump says he was elected as a populist, uh, but a lot of people say these cabinet picks, they're not populists. What do you think? No, these are people that are definitely 
uh, contrarians within their respective industries. Steve Mnuchin is not a conventional investment banker. Wilbur Ross, who's taking a Trevor, Wilbur Ross, who's being uh, designated for commerce, is not a, a traditional financier either. He's a, a, a brilliant uh, turnaround guy who has gone against the grain in challenging trade deals that most of the business community has supported. I mean, it's worth noting that a Fortune 500 CEOs, in our research, some 80 percent of them did not support Trump's candidacy. Only 6 percent of them really did. 90 percent of them thought that he'd be very bad for the trading partners. So they're coming to terms with somebody they didn't think was their ideal choice because he's not part of their club. He's a he's a, an accomplished business leader, but he's not part of the Fortune 500 club. And this is a big awakening for them, how to develop a rapport with them. What about the role of retired generals? Michael Flynn to be national security advisor. At least two cabinet posts go to Marine generals, James Mattis at defense, John Kelly to be Homeland Security Secretary. And now one of Trump's supporters on Wall Street, Anthony Scaramucci, he tweeted, decorated American generals are not warmongers. They're among the most intelligent, disciplined and patriotic people our country has. So does that make sense or should the general public be concerned so many military men may be so close to the president? Well, you know, Obama had five generals, so we've generally had four or five generals, no pun intended, in in the the cabinet and cabinet level ranks uh, before, so we're not out of line there. And they are. Anthony Scaramucci is exactly right. They're very well trained. They're expert, literally battle-tested as leaders, and they bring a lot to it. People like George Marshall uh, or, uh, of of course, Dwight D. Eisenhower or Brent Scowcroft or Colin Powell. These are people who are informed, careful decision-makers, and for the most part, tend to be among the very last to want to race into war. People who've tasted and suffered the smoke of battle are usually ones who are least willing to take that as a first recourse. It's generally, you know, John Wayne, uh, Ronald Reagan, these guys played great warriors in the movies. They they avoided uh, combat themselves. In fact, they avoided military service. The people who tend to be the most uh, militaristic tend not to be the military. Professor Jeffrey Sonnenfeld at the Yale School of Management. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dan.